Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I want you to open your Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and then look up here. And um, I want to talk to you about a topic today that could sound a little bit cliche, but I don't want it to be cliche. And so I want to give you a little bit of a background uh, 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 of how kind of this particular message came into being. You know, on staff we have a, um, my wife and I are empty nesters. Um, actually, it's been a unique week because this week uh, we had our two grandsons in the house. Wesley is almost three, and James is little over one. And can I tell you something? It's been a revolution in the house. <laughs> it's like, Lord, have mercy. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And... Um, so, it's just a miracle my wife is standing here today. <laughs> but, um, but notwithstanding that joy, that's the great thing about being a grandparent. You pray a couple of hours, you got like a three-hour limit usually. You say, okay, time to go home, you know, and uh, <laughs> hallelujah. It's just glorious. And so, but anyway, um, I, I, will, I was having a talk with with. Pastor Dave a number of months ago, and I was actually talking to Chrissy about this. I've been thinking about this a lot, because obviously when you have children, you pray for them all the time. I always prayed for my kids. I pray for them every day. But as I got older, I started to pray differently. And in particular, when I pray for the children behind that wall, when I pray for the, for, um, the, the kids on staff, I see them all the time. And when I pray for my own grandkids, um, I pray, in a sense, with a different kind of perspective. It's a perspective that comes from time, you know. And so as a grandpa, part of the way I pray for our little ones and, and for all of our little children is I pray this. I say, Lord, let them love you with all their heart, number one. And number two, and let their spirits be free. I always pray, let their spirits be free, because when someone loves God and they have a free spirit, how many know they can do anything for the glory of God? You know what I'm saying? And, you, and, and, and when you talk about someone with a free spirit, right, you could also talk about it literally as someone that has been walking with God. If anyone's here and you've been walking with God for a while, one of the things that you learn is that as you grow in God, God makes your spirit free, you know? And so I was uh, in a meeting with um, actually one of the officials of the Assembly of God this past week, and, and I was having a conversation with him, and right when I was starting to walk away, I was like, thank you, Lord, because, you know, socially, I, I've always struggled socially, and I was like, thank you, Lord. I, I felt free when I talked to him today. I'm growing in you, God. Now, I know that's super personal, but how many have ever had those moments as time goes on? You're like, Lord, you're making me more free. I used to be intimidated. Or I used to be this. I used to be that, but my spirit is different. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen? 
And that's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's a work of the Spirit of God. We is, this weekend is, quote, Freedom Weekend, and the world is going nuts. You know, because they're calling things freedom that are actually bondage. Okay? But what I want to do today is I want to talk about what real freedom is. And, um, and I want to I do it in that context because no matter where you are today, how many know the, the Lord wants to do a new and greater work of freedom in your heart and life? And we agree, anybody who, who got saved, you know, I got saved when I was 18, people get saved when they're older. Anybody who got saved when they were older and they look at a child who's in the kingdom and learning Bible verses like our kids are learning and praying and all that kind of stuff, we, we're like so happy that they don't have to deal with our baggage, right? We want kids who are going to grow up and be the children of the righteous, the Bible says, will be mighty, mighty, mighty in the land. Hallelujah. And part of that might in God is that their spirits would be free. And so... Uh, that's what I want to talk to you about today, and I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's not an easy chapter. I'm going to read eight verses and then jump a little bit. We could spend a number of weeks on this, but 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and by the way, I'm going to use the Good News translation. I just feel like it, I feel like it simplifies it uh, um, in such a way that it's just really good for you know, a, a, a broadcast like this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Look at what Paul was saying. And by the way, verse 1, Paul was sort of trying to appeal to the Corinthians because they were getting a little bit unruly. And um, so he says, does this sound as if we were boasting about ourselves? Could it be that like some other people, we need letters of recommendation to you or from you? And then here's where it really begins, guys. Okay. He says, you yourselves are the letter we have written on our hearts for everyone to know and read. This is one of the key verses. Verse 3 says, it is clear that Christ himself wrote this letter and sent it by us. It is written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on stone tablets, but on human hearts. Okay, everyone look at me for a second. So here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He says, you guys are the letter that we have written on our hearts for everyone to know and read. And then look at what it says. It says, it is clear that Christ himself wrote this letter and sent it by us. Now what Paul is saying is, we are, hold on a second. Paul is saying, we are the leaders, and we are teaching you the word of God, but the spirit of God is writing a letter on your heart. Okay? So listen, it is clear that Christ himself wrote this letter and sent it by us. It is written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God and not on stone tablets like in the Old Testament, but on human hearts. Okay, so, so far what Paul was saying is, 
is that Corinthians, you guys are a letter written by the Holy Spirit, written by Christ himself. Everyone tracking so far? Okay, now, you realize that that means that everyone here is also a letter. It's God's will that we would be letters for everyone to read. Amen? Okay, let's keep going. We say this because we have confidence in God through Christ. There is nothing in us that allows us to claim that we are capable of doing this work. The capacity we have comes from God. It is he who made us capable of serving the new covenant, which consists not of a written law, but of the, everyone, the written, let's read this last sentence here. It's not the last sentence, but let's read this together. Ready? The written law brings death, but the Spirit gives life. So stop right here. So far, here's what we have. Paul says, you are a letter. It's a letter written by the Spirit, and we know here that the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. Amen? That's what the Bible said. Let's keep reading now. It says, the law was carved in letters on stone tablets, and God's glory appeared when it was given. This is talking about when Moses got the Ten Commandments. Even though the brightness on Moses' face was fading, <clears throat> it was so strong that the people of Israel could not keep their eyes fixed on him. Stop right here. Here's what this means. Like I said, it's kind of complicated, but I'm trying to break this down for all of us. So in the Old Testament, Moses went up on the mountain, and Moses spent time with God. Moses got the Ten Commandments from God. Hopefully, you saw that movie with Charlton Heston, <laughs> or at least the, 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 the kid version of it, Prince of Egypt, right? And, uh, and so what would happen is, what would happen is they would go into the presence, he would go into the presence of God, only Moses. Actually, the people were afraid and they were like, you go, we were too afraid of God. Okay? He would go into the presence of God, he got the commandments, and when Moses would come down to the people, because he was in the presence of God, his face would shine like the sun. And what it would do is the people would get afraid and Moses would put a veil on his face to not make the people afraid. Over time, that, that thing would fade, and if he wanted to, for his face to shine, he had to go back into the presence of God. Okay, so look, the law was carved in letters on stone tablets, and God's glory appeared when it was given. Even though the brightness on Moses' face was fading, it was so strong that the people of Israel could not, uh, could not keep their eyes fixed on him. If the law which brings death when it is in force came with such glory, let's now read this together, everyone. How much greater is the glory that belongs to the activity of the Spirit? We're building an argument here. All right, I'm going to make the points quick, but I want to make sure that everyone has this. So number one, we are letters. Everyone say, I am a letter. That letter is written by Christ himself by the Holy Spirit. The letter is meant to be read by everyone. He alludes to what would happen in the Old Testament when Moses would go into the presence of God, he would shine and everyone would see his face. And when they saw his face, they would conclude that he had been in the presence of God. Now, 
Okay, New Testament, we are letters, and when we come out of the presence of God, how many know our, our hearts and our lives are like letters for everyone to read in the same way? Okay, that's, that's, that's a good time for amen. Okay, so you, you and I need to have the faith that God can make us shine like Moses. Amen. That's right. And you know why? It's not something that we do in our own effort. It is an activity of the everyone. It's an activity of the Spirit. Okay? Now, it says a series of other things, but then it concludes with this thought. Okay? Let's keep going here. When you jump to verse 16, here's what it says. Now jumping into our day, it says, but the veil is removed whenever someone turns to the Lord. Now it's coming into the New Testament era. The veil is removed whenever someone turns to the Lord. Now the Lord, in this passage, is the Spirit. And let's read this together. Where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. Let's say that one more time. Where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. All of us then reflect the glory of God. All of us. We are New Testament letters. All of us then reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces. We don't have to have a veil. And that same glory coming from the Lord, who is the Spirit, transforms us. Everyone say transforms us. Into his likeness in an ever greater degree of glory. Okay? So what that means is part of the reason why you and I could have a moment like I did and I say, thank you, Jesus. I feel more free. You're growing me. I, I'm, I was different in that conversation. Like you and I can have all of these things where on a given, on a, on a, on a continual basis, we say, thank you, Jesus. You're growing me. You're making me more free. And the more free I am, the more glory I can bring to you. And listen, the more free you are, the more glory you can bring to Jesus. Okay? And that's why where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay? So all of us then reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces, and that same glory coming from the Lord, who is the Spirit, transforms us into His likeness uh, in an ever greater degree of glory. Now, the title of my message today is A Free Spirit. A Free Spirit. And here's the key truth for today, okay? We're going to be talking about God giving us a free spirit. And the key truth today is a free spirit is a work of the spirit. A free spirit is a work of the Spirit. How many know we can't make ourselves free? But whom the Son sets free, everyone, is free indeed. So I want to pray today. I want to pray that, that we would ask God for greater levels of freedom. That we would ask God 
to do a work of his spirit. How many know our church needs to have the, the working of the Holy Spirit at all times? You see, because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I want you to think about your home. I want, to I want you to think about your kitchen table. I want you to think about your living room. And the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. How many know there can be freedom in our homes? There can be freedom in our cars. There could be freedom at our desk. There could be bondage all, all around you at work. But how many know at your desk where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we can walk in freedom and we can reflect His glory. That's the truth. That's God's way. So I want to just pray for a moment and just unpack what it means to have a free spirit. Father, we thank you for this day. And this time, and God, I ask that you would breathe on us today. Lord, your, your presence is so wonderful. Lord, your word is so wonderful, oh God. We love the Bible, oh God, because it shines light and it teaches us the truth. And your word promises that we can know the truth and the truth will set us free. And I pray, Lord God, that, uh, that everyone in this room, Lord, would grow in freedom. Lord, that's what we're asking for today. And we're asking, God, that as we walk in freedom, that our children would be able to clearly identify what it is to be free. Make us free, oh God, so that they could be free and mighty. That's what we're asking you to do. So bless our time together, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. A free spirit is a work of the Spirit, and it is God's desire for all of us to have a free spirit. Now, I want to put up the, the last couple of verses in the Amplified and then put an image up because the the spirit of the, the work of the spirit and the work of freedom is actually a threefold work that I want to highlight for you momentarily. But let's read it in the Amplified. This is so powerful. It says, when a person, whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, this is salvation, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now look at me for a second. In the Old Testament, okay, before Christ came, one time a year, the priest would go behind a veil. That veil separated everyone from the ark of God, which was representative, representative of the presence of God. That's where the presence of God would dwell. No one could go in there except the priest, and he would go in there once a year. The presence of God is so holy, okay, that they would put a bell on the, on the, the, the fringes of, of, he would have bells, and they were afraid that if the priest didn't prepare himself, and if the priest was not right with God, if he went behind the veil to offer a, a, a blood, he would, they would throw blood on the, on the ark, on the mercy seat. If the priest was not really prepared, then God's presence could strike him down. And they kept the bells on because if they heard the bells stop doing that little ding, 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 they knew they would stick a, a long hook in it and they would pull him out. 
Because how many know they couldn't enter into the presence of God? Why? Because God is holy. And God doesn't, sin can't dwell in the presence of God. Now here's what's so powerful about it. As Jesus hung on the cross, okay, as Jesus hung on the cross, when Jesus said, it is finished, the Bible says that that very same veil that separated people from the presence of God, it was torn in two from top to bottom. What happened was, is the finger of God came to the earth, and when Jesus died, because Jesus was perfectly holy, and he paid the price for our sin, all of a sudden, there was this amazing invitation for us that we don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to be, we don't have to send someone else into the presence of God. The veil was torn in two so we could come boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. And receive mercy and grace. Jesus satisfied. Jesus satisfied the demand for perfection in us. By offering himself. You see? And so when we go to God, we can receive mercy and grace because of what Jesus done, had, has done. But it's, so here's what happens. When you and I become Christians, and if you're not a Christian here today, what happens when you become a Christian? You're actually invited into relationship. Until you become a Christian, well, you don't, you don't receive the benefit of what Jesus did on the cross. But watch. But whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now you're invited. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Everyone say liberty. Watch this, emancipation from bondage, no longer slaves, okay? Freedom, and all of us, as with unveiled face, just face to face with God, because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. So when you pray, when you seek God, when you worship him, when you're going after the Lord, okay, we're constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from us, no, from the Lord who is the Spirit. A free spirit is a work of the Spirit. A free spirit is a work of the spirit. And I want to just very quickly explain, take, take this passage and break it down. I want to do it through, through a, uh, an image I want to put up to you. That when the Lord sets us free, it's a threefold work of freedom. So this is our spirit. And if you go just through this passage of scripture, essentially what it's saying is there are three levels of freedom that God wants every person here to experience and enjoy. Number one, he wants to give us freedom from penalty and powers. Freedom from penalty and powers. Okay, we're invited in because Jesus paid the price. Number two, freedom to enjoy God for ourselves. You see? And then number three, freedom to be your best self. The self that brings the most glory to God. 
okay? So when you talk about freedom, it's in our spirit, okay? When we pray this for our kids and for ourselves, it means that we walk around with freedom from penalty and powers, freedom to enjoy God, freedom to be our best self. Okay, now let's, let's break this down very quickly and then we're going to pray. So the first thing that it tells us is that there is a freedom from penalty and powers. This is the essence of salvation. If the law which brings death, when it is enforced, came with such glory, how much greater is the glory that belongs to the activity of the Spirit? So this is talking about the difference to the time of Moses and now, at the time of Christ. In the time of Moses, only Moses could go in or only one appointed priest could go in. Everyone was afraid and they knew that no one could actually keep the Ten Commandments. How many know no one can keep the law on their own? Okay, no one is good enough to earn salvation or their way into heaven. Amen? We just, we just can't do it. However, Christ was good enough and he did it for us. And so what it's saying is this. If the law which brings death, which when it was enforced came with glory, it was a powerful thing. How much greater is the glory that belongs to the activity of the Spirit? Yes, we were under judgment, but now we're not under judgment. When you accept Jesus, when you're washed in the blood of Jesus, how many know the penalty of sin is gone? How many are thankful that the penalty of sin is gone? It's important for me to highlight this because many Christians, they live as if they're still before the cross instead of after the cross. All right? Some people live with guilt and shame, guilt and shame, guilt and shame. If you live with guilt and shame, guilt and shame, guilt and shame, that you're not enjoying what Christ has done. How many know whom the Son sets free is free indeed, and we are free from the penalty of sin. And all of the powers of darkness, which include the devil, and which include this world, and even our own flesh, we don't have to say yes. Even when you have the desire to do something in your flesh, you have Christ in you, the hope of glory, that can say no in the name of Jesus. I will walk in freedom in my house. Hallelujah. Christians don't have to be a slave to crack, to pornography, to alcohol, to anger, to pride, to racism, to gossip, to any, to fits of rage, all of the works of the flesh. We don't have to, we are not bound by any of those things because whom the sun sets free, it's free indeed. Hallelujah. Most Christians don't understand the power and the fullness of the freedom that they actually have. All right? Number one, the devil, no matter how much he talks to you, he has no power over you. You see, we used to be slaves to sin. But how many know we are slaves no longer? Hallelujah. We are slaves no longer. And what we have to understand is that we, the, we were in a cage, but we're not caged anymore. Don't live like you're in a cage, because you're not in a cage. 
We used to wear shackles, but the shackles have been broken by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Don't accept bondage. If you're here and there are habits that are just overrunning your life, okay, listen, that just means that the flesh is more in charge than the spirit right now. But it doesn't mean that you are a slave to that. If you belong to Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. Behold, the old is past and the new has come. All righty? So now, look, I understand that it is possible, it is possible to be Christian here today and you feel like you are in bondage. All right? Well, what has to happen is you have to embrace the truth. You see? Some people can get in a prison and they can open the prison and say you're free and they still want to stay in the prison. But I don't know how to live out there. You know, some people become institutionalized. Like, no, it's safer in here. There's three square meals. I've, I've accepted. I've learned to live in here. They tell me what time to eat. They tell me what time to do this. What time. I'm like used to that. I want to accept that. How many know that is not the abundant life that Christ has for you? God has a life of freedom and joy and blessing and, and authority and victory. Hallelujah. When the sun sets free, it's free indeed. And so we have, to, we have to pursue God by faith and enjoy what Christ has done, which brings us to the second thing. Well, yeah, I want to put this verse up. Here's, the, here's a great example of it. Proverbs 28.1 says this. The wicked flee, though no one pursues him, but the righteous are as bold as lions. So now look, here's what this means. When we used to be rascals and characters, and all of us were, Right? When, when you're naughty, guess what? You're always looking over your shoulder. You know? Because you know I'm guilty. Right? But when you're washed in the blood, how many know there's no more running? You don't have to run. You don't have to worry. We've been forgiven. Hallelujah. On the contrary, it says the righteous are bold as lions. And so we need to stop living with guilt and shame. If you listen all day to guilt and shame, you're listening to the wrong voice. That is not the Holy Spirit. And if you've been raised up in such a way that you feel like God is always putting you down, then you do not understand the Bible correctly. You see, this is very, very important. You need to understand that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is everyone freedom. So that's the first thing. We don't have to look over our shoulders. We don't have to be bound by, by guilt and shame. The penalty and the powers of darkness, okay, do not rule or reign over our lives any longer. Secondly, now that we have freedom from penalty and powers, we have freedom to enjoy God. Okay? We have freedom to enjoy God and, and uh, um, you know, play a Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Okay? We have freedom 
to actually enjoy God. Look, it says, but the veil is removed whenever someone turns to the Lord. Now the Lord in this passage is the Spirit where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. In the Old Testament, if you wanted to go to the presence of God, you had to go to the tabernacle or to the temple where the ark was. In the New Testament, it's different. In the New Testament, whenever you turn away from a life of sin, and now you serve God, okay? But the veil is removed whenever someone turns to the Lord, right? Now, the Lord in this passage is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. Here's what it means. Any day. Everyone say any day. Any time. Everyone say any time. Any day, any time that you turn to Jesus. Okay? On your worst day, in your ugliest moment, the moment that you go, Jesus, I need you. Okay? Guess what? There's no veil. There's no barrier. There's no separation. He said, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will answer. The minute that we turn, okay, what is amazing is our car can become the throne room of grace. All right? You could be in an elevator. An elevator can become the throne room of grace. An office building can be the throne room of grace. A parking lot can be the throne room of grace. Anytime, anywhere, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. And all we have to do is turn. And when we turn to Him, it's not like in Moses' time because the Lamb had not been sacrificed. But now that the Lamb has been sacrificed, you don't have to knock and say, Hey, can I come in? No. He welcomes us in and He says, Come and I'll help you and I'll bless you. and I'll be with you. Hallelujah. You see, when you think about freedom from penalty and powers, when people live under the power of the wrong powers and under the power of, quote, penalties, it's because they're not enjoying God. You see, they're not enjoying God. Do you enjoy the Lord? You see, because it should, be, it should be like this. Oh, I'm in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Lord, help me. Help me, God. I'm struggling. I'm tempted. I'm hurting. I'm needing. It doesn't matter. Father, I'm a father. I'm here. I know you'll take care of me. You're my source. You're my strength, oh God. And then as you get older in God, you're like, Lord, this is happening, but I don't even want to talk about that because I know you know, already know about that. I just want to love you and praise you and worship you. I give you glory, God. You know, when you get, the more you enjoy God, the more you get into his presence, and even your problems, they start, you're like, hallelujah, Jesus, you're so good. And when you're finished worshiping and praising him and loving him, you're like, by the way, Lord, could you address that little thing for me? Right? You know what that's a reflection of? It's a reflection of a free spirit. Of a free spirit. Of a spirit that understands that you know what? 
He calls us to come and to enjoy a wonderful relationship with him. You know, one of the things I pray, I got to close quickly, but one of the things I pray all the time is that when services are over, okay, if there's any sense of blessing on these humble, measly offerings of sermons, I hope they at least make you enjoy God when you're gone. Talk to the Lord. Pray. Worship. Sing. Go for a walk. Where are you going, honey? I'm going for a walk to spend time with the Lord. You see? Like this song that we're going to sing. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. That's, that's a beautiful song to sing. We are free to enjoy God. We're free to enjoy Jesus. We're free to live like children of the King. You know, how many know when you're a child of the King, you know daddy's, daddy pays the bills. Hallelujah. Daddy buys the food. You know, daddy buys this and that. Daddy's got it all covered. Abba, Father, means daddy. God wants to make us free so that we're in his presence and we enjoy him. Blessed be his name. Look at what the Bible says. It says, for the kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, peace, and everyone, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's joy. Some of us, we need a baptism of joy. We need a baptism of joy because, and we should be joyful because we're free. And then here's the last thing, and we'll close. The last thing that this shows us is that we're free. We have the freedom to be our best self or your best self. It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. All of us then reflect. Everyone say reflect. Reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces. And that same glory coming from the Lord, who is the Spirit, transforms us into His likeness in an ever greater degree of glory. So here's how it goes. Jesus, we turn to Jesus. We're born again. The Spirit of God comes to live inside of us. And now we don't have to be slaves to anything. We're free. We have freedom from the penalty of sin and from the powers of darkness at every level. And then we come into the presence of God and we begin to enjoy God. We begin to love God and honor God and have this wonderful relationship with God. You see? That we just have a love relationship with Jesus. You know? And uh, uh, um, can, can I tell you, I can't wait to get to heaven because God is going to give me a better voice when I get to heaven. I'm going to really be able to sing when I get to heaven. And then when I sing to him, I'll be able to enjoy it 
How many of sometimes when we sing, we don't enjoy it, but he enjoys it? Hallelujah. He enjoys it. We'll both enjoy it one day. You see, and then here's what happens. Okay? As you enjoy him, he shines on you with glory. And as he shines on with you with glory, he changes you. Now it's a lot like it's a lot like getting a suntan. You sit in the sun, the sun changes your color. You can't necessarily, you don't exactly know, but all you know is that you walk out of there and all of a sudden you look differently. You see? And the more we spend time with him, he just changes us. And the end result of that are different manifestations of freedom. See, the more a marriage seeks God, guess what? That marriage will experience a greater degree of freedom. It doesn't matter where you are or what's going on in your life. Wherever we seek God and enjoy God, how many know He does a work of freedom? That's what He does. Let's lift our hands to Him. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Come on, sing to him. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the and meditate on the Lord and then I I want to really I just want to follow the Holy Spirit right now in my heart I feel like obviously this message applies in so many different ways and um, when we pray for a work of freedom by the Holy Spirit because a free spirit is a work of the spirit. I mean, all of us could and should pray this, and I, and I want to encourage everyone to do that, but, but I believe that there are certain people here that this issue is front and center in your life. Some, it begins with this dealing of guilt and shame and bondage and a lot of times when we say sing you don't feel worthy to sing to God 
And if you're here and you feel like, well, I don't feel worthy. I don't have that kind of relationship. You're not understanding the power of the cross. Today, you need to answer the call. He says, come boldly. Come, come. You're, 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 you're invited. You're invited. You're invited. Stop feeling. That's the devil. That's the lie of the enemy. Hallelujah. You don't have to feel like I'm unworthy. No one is worthy, but we've been made worthy by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Secondly, some people understand that, but their relationship is, has not grown into, man, I'm really enjoying Jesus. I'm really enjoying Jesus. Today, God wants you to cross that line and begin to enjoy Him. The more you enjoy Him, the more He gets to enjoy you. Other people... God wants to set your gifts on fire. I'm telling you, there are people in this room, God wants to set who you are on fire. He's put gifts inside of you, and he wants to release you into this world that you would shine like a star and bring him glory. And if that's you here today, we don't have a lot of time. But I'm going to ask you as we begin to sing that again, I want you to at least slip out into the aisle. We're going to all pray together. Anyone you're like, I, I want to pray about this. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to do a fresh work, a greater work of freedom in my life. Hallelujah. I want you to know that I'm asking God to do that in my life. Go ahead, slip out of your seat as we begin to sing, everyone. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere, your glory, God.